Today on CityCast Boise, when you think of the American dream, the house with the picket fence and the yard, you're probably imagining a starter home, a nice but modest two-bedroom that's affordable for a young family. But today, Idaho State Summer reporter Paul Schwedelson is here to tell us why these homes don't really exist anymore. It's Tuesday, October 18th, 2022. I'm Frankie Barnhill, and this is CityCast Boise. Paul, okay, so kind of the big headline news right now, I guess, is that the median home price in Ada and Canyon counties is continuing to dip. It sounds like it's a good thing for for home buyers, but prices are still really high. And I mean, it's not like you're seeing this big increase in in people who are just waiting on the sidelines for this change, right? Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, Frankie. And it's a very weird situation, I think, because with interest rates, that's the really big factor to keep in mind here that affordability is very challenging for a lot of people. And even though the prices have come down, that hasn't really necessarily made it more affordable. So the the increase in the mortgage rates is a really big challenge for people. And then of course, sellers, I think are going through this adjustment period, obviously, you know, two whole years there, probably about people were just so used to oh, they sold for that much, so I'm going to tack another $50,000 onto that and I'll get that and maybe I'll get a bidding war and even get more than that. Yeah, yeah, those days are behind us, which I mean, I think everybody is relieved about that overall, but then what is what does the road forward look like? You wrote about this too, that home builders are slowing down on, on new builds. So that's keeping inventory still pretty low. What's that about? Why are they slowing down? Well, the, the big challenge is, you know, like I said, you have, uh, this decrease in demand from buyers and and builders have a little bit of some uh, lingering effects from from the Great Recession, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And, and it's something that people still think about. Builders would rather have too few homes than too many. They don't want to be left holding the bag. So yeah. The ghosts wanna... of 2008 are still like very present in people's minds, even if it's not even similar at all in any way, right? We're not in that world at all anymore, thank goodness. If you think about it from economics, if the the prices come down because there's less demand from buyers, but the cost to build the house is just as high, right? You know, you're cutting into profit, and and obviously, you know, housing is a it's a market it's commodified. Right, I mean, that's just right. the way it is. Yeah. So um, ultimately, it's a you know it's really a money thing. Yeah, builders want to make money. Um, so speaking of, this uh, feature that you wrote was really interesting to me. Um, it was specifically about this whole idea of like, where are all the smaller homes? Where are the starter homes? You know, I think about the classic American dream idea of a young family getting into maybe a two bedroom uh, that's a thousand square feet or maybe less, and it's affordable for them. And they can then uh, live in that until they outgrow it. And then they can sell and, and move into something larger if they need to, or maybe stay there their whole lives. That's just like not really a thing, right? It's just not a, it's not a thing for new builds at least. And you think about the affordability piece of it, a pretty simple idea would be if you want to pay less for a home, buy less home. Right. But builders aren't building that 
as much. You know, there are trends in Ada County, there's trends nationwide. Um, this isn't necessarily unique to here, um, but it's going on here. And, and obviously, our, you know, our attention is on affordability, especially as the prices have gone up so much. So obviously with Boise, with how much it's grown and the demand to, for people to move in and live here, price of land is high and gone up. And then also zoning is a huge piece of it as well about how small can a house be. And, and it's really complex. There's all these different factors. But ultimately, like you said, the bottom line is they're not being built as often as they used to be. Yeah. Let's get into the the nitty gritty here in a second. But I mean, on the surface, it's it's like it's a supply and demand thing. There's demand for affordable homes. People need to be able to get into a, a home that they can afford. So you would think that that demand would be enough, at least theoretically would be enough to incentivize builders to build like this. So why why is it not happening? I mean, why can't the market drive that? And uh, if, if that's not happening, what's the next step? I'd be curious to see what happens as Boise enters this next phase, this next wave as, you know, housing markets are, are cyclical here. And we've seen this big influx of people coming in from elsewhere, from other places. And so maybe they could afford and they could hold up the market for those bigger sized homes. And the demand for those homes was enough to sustain those home builders. The tricky part of it is that to build a home, you could build it bigger and make a lot more money. Right. So it has, the demand has to really be strong for that small home. But there's, there's reason to think that it could happen because when you look at, First of all, like you said, the, the affordability level, number one. And then number two is the average household size, like the number of people in a household, not like the house size, but that, the, the number of people like in a family. Yeah. The trend is that it's going down. Right. Nationally. So that'll be something to watch. And, and we'll have to see lifestyle wise. Is that something that becomes trendy? Um, I guess we'll have to see. I did want to call out, though, in, in your feature, you did kind of uh, spotlights at least one builder on the bench who's trying to be really intentional about this land problem. Tell us about that. So this is a good example of taking one house that is on one lot and then the builder bought it and then knocked that house down and now is building three houses. And it was an old like 1951 home or something. And, th- and the lot obviously it was pretty big because now they're trying to, they're fitting three homes on it. And all three homes I think are in the 900 to a thousand square foot range. And, okay. And so that's exactly the type of thing that, that we're talking about. The type of home that hasn't gotten built in recent years or as much sure. um, as it previously, previously used to be. The tricky thing is that, I mean, this house is still listed on the market for $500,000. Right. So, <laughs> so, so as much as it's an affordable option or a more affordable option, it's still a challenge. The price of land is has gone up, and that's why the, I think this builder goes about things very strategically to make sure that he could do it where it works, and he could do it where it makes sense. Um, but also, there's a lot of other benefits to that too. That you know, it's it's less expensive than like sprawling out because all the infrastructure is already there. You know, when you think right. about water, water, sewer, etc. Right. There's schools already in that neighborhood. There's parks right there. It's it's a very established uh, a place. You're not yeah building out and trying to create a new new in, a neighborhood. But the the thing to keep in mind though is that it is challenging to find a place that fits. Right. It's sure. it's not easy. You know because because that that piece of land is expensive in most places. So you have to be very strategic about being able to make that work. Um, it's a good example of a of a plan and and how to change and do things differently. 
but it's really hard to replicate that over and over. And I think it'll be interesting to see if if that's something that could be sustained. Yeah. Where does city government come into this? Of course, we're doing this big zoning rewrite in Boise, first time since 1966 that we've had an opportunity to really think about questions like this um, and lot sizes and and all of that. How does that play into, you know, when we're talking about square footage of homes, trying to get people into affordable places that they can start building equity in, what are the opportunities here? Well, and the city of Boise is trying to be very intentional about it. There's different types of changes about how many units you could have and the the size, the minimum lot size right. is is a big one. There's also some concern that if you increase the number of units that you could build on a piece of land, that then that, that piece of land becomes more expensive. Yeah. Can I ask what makes a parcel of land with more homes on it more expensive, just in terms of building materials and infrastructure and, and all of that? Well, it's not necessarily that it has more houses at the time of the sale, but if, if you, let's say you have a single family lot right? Single family home, single family lot. It's the same piece of land. It's the same size. But all of a sudden, instead of being able to have one house that you could build there and sell it as one house, you could have four or eight. And now all of a sudden you can make a lot more money. So now if you could build that, then whoever's selling that piece of land knows that (laughs) and now can charge more money for it. Sure, of course, because on the surface, it seems like this is great. Developers will love this because they can, you know, triple how much they make or or double how much they make if if they build more and are selling to more than just one family. But yeah, good point. It it could also trickle up in the stream of how how expensive it is for them to buy it. Yeah, and it's I should be very specific. Those things about how many units could be built on a certain piece of land, it's very specific in certain locations. So I don't I don't make it sound like if you live in a neighborhood with a bunch of single family homes, all of a sudden there's going to be an eight plex next door. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what the actual end result is and the exact details. Paul, I know you're not a real estate agent, so I'm not going to you know, hold you to this. But as someone who's followed this trend and has followed it for, for a while now, for anyone who's listening, is thinking about wanting to buy a house, who's seeing these numbers come down, but then is seeing all these other factors, inflation, mortgage rates, not many more uh, houses on the market, What's important for them to, to think about when they're deciding whether or not to buy now or to wait? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> that's a question I would ask a real estate agent myself. Um, <laughs> the interest rate part of it, right now they're high. I'll share, I'll relay uh, something that a mortgage lender said to me the other day was this concept of marry your house, date your interest rate. Mm. So. So with with the idea of maybe potentially refinancing sure. um, with a with a lower mortgage rate um, at some point in the future. So the idea being that if you find the house that you love and you want to get into it and you're ready to do that, do it now even with interest rates potentially high or you could consider it and refinance later on. Yeah, I think that would be a potential consideration. It's hard to yeah. say. <laughs> it's hard to say maybe exactly, but the specifics of how that would all work are a little bit unknown. I mean, something to keep in mind is that you know, if you compared it when interest rates were, you know, mortgage rates down in the 2%, 3% range, I mean, that's historically low. Right. So yeah. now at, you know, 6 7%, that's a lot closer, like the historical average. So again, it's all personal, <laughs> personal choice. I don't want to be uh, spending people's money here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, fair enough. Thanks for uh, taking a stab at it because, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's something that I think a lot of us, I mean, myself, I'm open in Zillow all the time, you know? It's just like the, the Boise pastime, as we've talked about before. So um, thanks, Paul, so much for coming on to talk about your reporting, and we'll be sure to link to all of your recent articles on this. Thanks so much for having me. And before you head out, we've got some big news to share over here at CityCast Boise. Local comedian and longtime Boisean Emma Arnold will be taking over as the new host of the podcast. We're so excited, and she's on the line with me right now. Hey, Emma. Hi. Yay. Yay. Okay, so what makes you so excited, though? What specifically are you excited about to to be able to host this podcast? Well, I'm really... a big fan already of the podcast. And I, I've been touring for a long time and I haven't gotten to be as much a part of my my hometown as I would like to be. And I'm very excited to, you know, reconnect with Boise and re and you know, just find all the fun and interesting and amazing things that makes this city so special. Yes. I love that. I love that. Okay. And what are you what are you curious about? What kind of topics or kinds of conversations uh, are you looking forward to having? Yeah, I mean, I've I've been so impressed with a lot of the stories you guys have already done. And I just think like, I really love the River Robin Hood. And I love the, you know, just like the unique sort of strange characters that do these wonderful, beautiful little things to try and make our city a better place. And I'm so excited to, you know, learn about better ways to support the people in the city and mutual aid and things like that. So yeah, I'm just I just can't wait to dig into the local arts scene and dig into, you know, I'm, I was going to say sports, but you guys, that's a lie. So just that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I was going to say that. Yeah, I can't wait for football. Um, but <laughs> okay, but so, yeah. So maybe not too many sports, but are you still going to tell jokes? Are you going to tell jokes on the podcast at all, do you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I tend to be kind of a joke machine whether I want to be at <laughs> Or not, you know, when I was a kid, my teachers would always tell my mom, like, she's really funny. She's 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 really funny. She can't turn it off. So I imagine the podcast will probably be the same. Oh, Emma, we're so excited. And uh, yeah, for listeners, definitely, definitely stay tuned all this week because you'll start to hear Emma's voice more and more. And yeah, can't wait for that. Thanks so much, Emma. Thank you. All right, that's all for today here on CityCast Boise. Have you checked out our Hey Boise newsletter yet? Each email has a curated list of events we think you'll be into, from Halloween haunts to happy hour beers. We'll put a link in the show notes for you to subscribe. And we'll be back tomorrow morning with more stories from around the city. Have a good one.